Hello and welcome to Encounter Church Cape Town. We're so excited that you can join us for this message and we speak God's abundant blessing upon you, your families and all of your spheres of influence as you do so. Enjoy as you engage with God. Honor to be here. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. I'm calling Brandon Peter. It's really an honor to be here. And so, to this morning, we're continuing with the series uh, by faith that we've been doing. And today, I want us to look at moving by faith. And so, basically, everything that I'm going to say here is in the book of Acts. I want to look. I want us to look at the life of um, Apostle Paul. My favorite. And so everything that I'm going to say here this morning is in the book of Acts chapter 9 and Galatians chapter 1. Okay, so um, just a bit of a background on on the life of Paul. Okay, let me not hold it. (laughs) On On the life of Paul. So Paul, as we may all know, that he grew up like in a Pharisee household. So he grew up, you know, as a very passionate and like a very religious uh, Pharisee at a very tender age. And um, so he was so passionate and so religious that he did not allow for compromise when it came to his religion. He was a he was a Jewish missionary and he was very much for like for Jewish apologetics. So like just to to defend his faith and, you know. He would even go into greater lengths in doing so, you know, you know, just to, you know, even go to authorities just to get rid of everything that seemed to be in conflict with, you know, with his religion and the practices of the law, because that's what his religion was based on. It's still based on. So, um, so when the, so when the wave of Christianity came, it brought such a dent like to his belief you know it 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 challenged everything that he everything that he grew up knowing he grew up learning and he grew up believing it just challenged it turned his life upside down basically and he became so eager like he grew such a desire to get rid of you know of this this movement that is teaching you know such stuff that you know that were just you know not what he had learned like he knew and um so he questioned the, the he questioned the message of the gospel of Jesus that the disciples were teaching. You know, he questioned the resurrection. I mean, how could this Jesus, you know, how could he be, you know, he be raised from the dead before the judgment day? How is that possible? Mm-hmm. And um, perhaps his disciples stole his body from the grave. So those are some of the questions. Those are, those are some of the accusations, you know, that he was just throwing around. You know, how could that be possible? It all just didn't make sense to him, and it therefore just grew a great desire to to get rid of this whole thing. I mean, you know, I even like even in communities when, like nowadays, when there's something new that's happening, and people are used to doing things a certain way, they will often be like, you know, we don't need that distraction. We do things a certain way here. So this is what was happening, you know, in that community. And he went as far as going to the authorities to get letters so that he can get rid of, you know, of all that is happening, this Christianity. I mean, that's why they got rid of Jesus in the first place. And they thought they had gotten rid of the problem, not not knowing that, you know, things were about to get interesting. And... (laughs) And it was for for their own sake, 
so yeah that's just a bit of a background on paul's life until came such a time when he had this you know this life-changing encounter with jesus you know the thing with encounters with jesus yet we see again in that like it was like a dramatic thing that happened if i may put it that way and like in that dramatic thing we we see yet again how encounters with jesus don't leave you confused they don't leave you not knowing what had happened in acts chapter 9 verse 4 says so so why do you persecute me who are you lord i am jesus whom you are persecuting and from there paul was blind and for three days he was praying and this is where it gets interesting for three days he's praying like who is who is he praying to and you know i just want us to go in the book uh to the book of galatians chapter 1 verse 15. But when God who sent who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me, his son in me, so that I may preach him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately to Arabia and later returned to Damascus. So this is this is exactly what happened. This is exactly what happens when we encounter Jesus. He doesn't leave us, you know, not knowing who that was. Was that Moses? Was that, you know, was that Elijah? He knew Jesus left him, you know, he left things clear, left him knowing that, okay, now I've encountered Jesus. And like he was, he was so convicted. Things were so clear. He knew why Jesus came and, you know, came in such a way and revealed himself. He knew why God revealed Jesus to him. It says in Galatians 15, it was for me to preach him. God revealed his son to me so that I may preach him among the Gentiles. And I did not consult any man. So there is the reason there. Paul knew that the reason why Jesus was revealed to me was so that I may preach him amongst the Gentiles. And, um, you know, another thing that was revealed in that encounter that I don't know how many minutes or seconds it takes, it was the fact that Paul was set apart from birth for this. So he just knew that, you know, this is what had been set apart for, you know, to, to go and preach Jesus to the Gentiles and to the Jews, but yeah, to the Gentiles. So that was revealed to him also. And the fact that it was his grace that God still decided after all that Paul had done, he still decided to reveal his son to him. It was not a matter of, you know what, and, you know, still still decided to reveal the son to him and still, you know, entrust him with, you know, with this, with the mission of God. It was in a matter of, you know what, you've messed up a lot. So I think you are incompetent. I'll choose someone else. No, it wasn't any of that stuff. He gets it. It was the grace of God that, that God, that made God to decide to still reveal his son to me. God was pleased. Because, you know, because of the grace, it's nothing that Paul had done. It's not the three, day, the three days prayer. Nope, it's none of that. So I love the transformation that just comes. Like, I'm, like I, I love the presence of God. I love encounters with God. Because they just bring such a transformation. You are never the same. You are never the same. That's actually my life message that after you've encountered God, you are just never the same. I've encountered Muslims, 
in like in my times of being out out in the streets do you know what i tell them there was this like you know you get them all the time that will say or even people not even muslims people that are, are still searching they'll put it that way that you know what there's too many religions you know what makes this christianity of yours so superior I would tell them that you experience Jesus, you encounter him. It's the relationship. It's not the teachings that you grew up with. It's not the traditions that you follow. You encounter Jesus. And yes. there is a relationship that, you know, you, 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 you have with Jesus. It's not a matter of, you know, they said this, they said that, you know. No, you have your own personal relationship with Jesus. Mm. So, Amen. And then he dis- and then God I this is where it gets interesting. So this guy is blind for like three days and he's praying. Who blinded him? God. And then God decides that okay, you know what? The time for the mission has to start now. But you know, before it does, I need to restore his sight. And God goes and calls Ananias. Ananias go to that man there. He's seen you in a vision. Go restore his sight. I'm just thinking when I'm reading this. But why can't you do it, God? I mean, you blinded him in the first place. And <laughs> it's actually quicker if you do it. Because now there is a whole negotiation. Yeah, but you know you know how dangerous this guy is. I'm like, Lord, you know, can just... Yeah. And it's done. And then this man can just go and change the world. But... Here's the reason why God didn't do it himself. He chose Ananias to do it because Paul was a, like, had just gotten converted. A new convert cannot be alone. So he needed a friend as a new believer. He needed someone, a friend, a brother, someone to walk side by side to him, someone to tell him what's the next step going to be. So we see Ananias going to Paul and delivering him, you know, sight restored. And then what Paul, what Ananias does, he takes Paul with two other believers. He takes him, he baptizes him. So that's something that Paul wouldn't have known if he, he was just by himself. He would have been backslidden, you know, the next day after his sight restored. Like he would have just like, okay, what now? I, I'm going back to my old life. This thing, I don't know where it's taking me. You know, Jesus, I hate you, but now what now? So that's 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 the that's always the case. And um, God knew that he was he was building a church here, so he knew that you know this new believer needs to be with other believers, and it's yet we see again like in this paragraph that it's not. It's not meant to be for believers to be on their own. We need to be plugged into, you know, a family of believers. We see with Ananias taking Paul to a family of believers. We need people to encourage us. Like, I was just thinking, like, in lockdown, I'm like, they probably know that I'm the most neediest Christian ever. Like, I'm very, like, I just put my needs there. That like, guys, I can't, I can't be alone. Like, what's, you know, I need people by my side. Like, the you know, Bev, I'm sure I've, like, said it so many times that, guys, I'm relying on you. I need you. I need you to pray for me. I can't be by myself. It's not meant to be like that. 
That's not how God has designed it. Because when you're on your own, like imagine like if you don't know, in the past I've struggled with an addiction, alcohol addiction. So if I'm on my own, yes, there will be like I'll have a great time with Jesus and then, you know, pray. And then, you know, the, the enemy is always waiting here by the door for that small gap and then choop, he's in. And then the next thing you see me walking to wherever to buy that, you know, God delivered me by the way. Like I don't crave alcohol. I don't like he delivered me supernaturally. I don't like, I don't, and I've closed the door. I don't touch it because I don't want to give the devil that satisfaction. Like I just cannot afford to. There's, the stakes are high guys. <laughs> I just can't, like I cannot. So I just, I know that I need to be surrounded by, I've got an amazing husband who is very supportive, but that's not all that there should be. I need like the likes of you guys. I need family. Like that's how it's designed. We see it in the book of Acts. That's how God built, you know, the church. So now this is a whole new life of Paul to Paul. But by faith, Paul did what the messenger Ananias had told him. So when Paul, when God and Ananias were, you know, were negotiating, God said to Ananias, this man is my chosen instrument. He's going to preach, you know, he's going to preach me to the Gentiles. So you go and do what I ask you to do. And by faith, Ananias moved to Paul to tell, to give, to deliver Paul and to give Paul the message that this is what God has said. So he, we see he moved by, he was so, like, he was so scared. He moved by faith. And yes, this gentleman, Paul, now this is a whole new thing to him. And by faith, he moves and he does what God, what, what the messenger of God has said. And, you know, with him doing that, like, that went against everything that he believed in in the past, like his old religion. And he had challenges but he moved by faith. He just, you know, he kept going. He kept going because he had encountered the Lord. And, you know, he, he, he just knew that he had, to, he had to do this. And it was revealed to him that this is what he was set apart for, like from birth. So by faith, he moved and did what God had called him to do. And he had so many challenges. Like the first challenge, he had enemies, mostly Jews. I mean, now he comes and preaches in their synagogues about Jesus and not so long ago he was you know taking you know destroying the church basically taking the Christians you know into prison and so forth now he comes in this in like in the Jewish synagogues and he's preaching the message of Jesus like I can just imagine how tough it must have been they were probably like boo or they were like what's like what's what's up with him they probably thought he's lost his mind or something and as a result of that, they plotted to kill him more than once. And also, he must have been perceived as an informant, like a traitor. And you know, traitors are, <laughs> are more dangerous than the actual enemy because they know the inside information. So that's why they were like, we need to take this guy out. And that's always there. That's normally the case. When, where there's a traitor, they just want to take the traitor out because once the traitor opens the mouth, with tickets, we're done. So that was the story, and they like that's why they plotted to kill him. And he struggled, like with 
a number of things. He struggled to earn like um, trust from the believers, the family that he has now joined. When he got there, others were just like, isn't this the guy who caused havoc in Jerusalem? Like they, they couldn't trust him. Like, like what's, what's up? why is he here? Like, I'm sure he went in, you know, feeling all, you know, like, a, like you get what I'm saying? And then they were, they were just not trusting him. Like, is he here to put us in prison again? And he also struggled to build his own worth and authority, especially coming from a place where he was a big shot, like he, he was up there, like in the Jewish religion, like he was a person who even the authorities would trust him when he comes and he asks for permission to do certain things. So now he comes here and he's like, now guys, you know, wanting to be accepted basically by this family, wanting to belong to this family versus where he comes from, where he was just doing his own thing, where he had gained, like, you know, he had gained, like, authority. So now, he, like, he, he struggled to build his own authority and worth. And we see in the book of, in, chapter, in Acts chapter 9, verse 25, that he eventually, like, gained some followers. Like, I'm just going to read it quickly. But, okay, so we see how he eventually got, like, um, managed to establish his own group of followers, where it says, but his followers took him by night and lowered him in the basket in an opening wall. So, like, I'm going to start in verse 23. After many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him, but Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening wall. So he, this is a guy who moved by faith. And, you know, he was not, he was not alone. God was there up to a stage where he even gained some followers who, who were there, like, to help him escape, you know, the plot to kill him. The story of Paul, like there's this book that I've been reading lately. I'm checking the time. There's this book that I've been reading lately that, you know, when I read the story of Paul, it reminds me of the story of, like the book is called Seeking Allah and Finding Jesus. It's by Nabil Qureshi. So I've, I've been ministering a lot to, to Muslims. So I've, a friend introduced me to that book. So it's a story of a, like a very, passionate Muslim guy who grew up in a very like so highly esteemed Muslim family you know they were respected in the family for their belief and you know their faith in the Islamic religion and like in that family they even had in Nabil's family they even had a Muslim missionary a mother was very grounded like in the Islamic faith but is um, Nabil found himself in a place where things are just not adding up. And then there's Jesus, and then there's Muhammad. And then he, found, he finds himself stuck between what he has been taught home and 
wanting to find the truth. How come, you know, there's, you know, there's this Jesus that people are talking about? And he, now he finds himself reading the Quran and, you know, the Bible. But also he, can, he knows that he cannot betray the family by just choosing whatever. So he prays that, you know, God, if Jesus is real, show me, give me a sign. And God does that by giving him three dreams. And then he says, okay, so if this is like real, real, give me another dream. And then God just didn't. He stopped because he, he had given him three dreams already. And then time went by up to a, up to a point where Nabil found himself at a medical school struggling in a very deep, deep and dark place. So in that moment, he needed you know, someone to comfort him. No one would understand at home, like he was just so alone. Went home, opened the Quran, read it. No comfort in the Quran, only condemnation. Like, you need to be this, you need to be that, you can't be that, you can't be that. It's like, okay, let me check the Bible, opens the Bible. And supernaturally, it opens to the scripture that says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. For him, he just knew that is Jesus right there. And then that was his turning point. And he died in 2017 at the age of 34, having been arrested for preaching Jesus in Islamic festivals, mm -hmm. having been involved in apologetics, Christian apologetics, and he died of cancer. So that's just another man who moved by faith. Hebrews 11, verse uh, 6, without faith it is impossible to please God. And my challenge to us today is, are we willing to move by faith in order for us to see, you know, these mighty exploits that are the promises of God to us? Are we willing to be a people you know, that move by faith in order to see these things, you know, come through. These promises, there are so many, there are so many things that God promises us. And Brandon spoke last week about the promise, you know, the promise that about how we are a people of promise, the promise of Abraham. And we saw how Abraham, you know, positioned himself for that promise in order for him to see it coming to fulfillment. Yet we see it again, we still you know, we're still, you know, waiting for that promise and we're still, you know, we're still going forth, pushing for that promise. But also we see in the book of Acts, we see this guy, Ananias, moving by faith because of the promise that God had made. You know, he positions himself by getting up to go and deliver a guy who is blind because the promise was that he's going to preach Jesus to the Gentiles. So we see him moving by faith, positioning himself to see that promise accomplished. And it was actually fulfilled because Paul did, you know, did um, preach to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. He moved by faith. And um, just as I finish, I just pray that may we be like Ananias, the people that God can you know, the people that God can trust, the people that God can, can send, can trust us with, you know, as his messengers, people that God can, can place things in our hands knowing that he can trust for the promise or what those things are destined for to be accomplished. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Thank you.